This is Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Zach and Steve. What's going on, everybody? Zach and Steve with you. What's up, man? Oh, wait, we're here, right? We're yeah, yeah, I, I guess. We're t- <laughs> I, I de- you know, I debated, I, I debated skipping this week. I didn't. No, there was no skipping this. I just it, well, no, I, I just I de- debated what my feelings were going to be. Immediately following a game, I was like, I don't know if I want to do a podcast on Monday. And, it was, and then I saw Twitter and social media, and it was just like, nope, nope, nope. nope. I, we should have done the podcast right after the game. I, you know, I, did you watch the live show at all that I did? No, the immediate, I immediate reaction? I, I was so – well, we went out after the game. Like, as soon as they threw the pick, I, I, threw, I threw my remote and walked out the door. I was like, all right, we're going to the bar. We're done. That's it. Over. Can't handle I was in, I was in Branson, Missouri. I had a fun time. Katie hung me from a freaking roller coaster time traveler at Silver Dollar City. Yeah. Hey, wow. You made it back. I did. You made it back. I did. <laughs> wow. That was uh, – that was a new – that's the first time I've ever been, too. So, yep. I mean, that was that was fun. I definitely want to go back. Yeah. It's um, been a while since I've been up there. Watched the game from the hotel room, and I I, – I, uh, I don't know where to start. How do you – is it what is it so much regression or is it is it lack of of mentality is it what happened well i think first and foremost there's a major lack of physicality on this football team yeah think um i think that's a big thing we're obviously missing on the inside um there's really there's just nothing that jumps out at you you've got guys that have names sosa game he's supposed to be really really good he's disappeared don't know where he's at well and you saw and i wanted to get your thoughts okay you saw before the game that not a lot of people not a lot of people but um we had a couple of people that were not playing in that game right colton jack but did they make that much of a difference from week to week not not in terms of the team we played and who and how we should have how we should have responded um i'm sitting here kind of looking at the stats and they're ugly I mean, five, over 500 yards again, you know, somebody this year is going to put up over 800 on us. Somebody will. 700 for sure. It's gonna I'm going to go ahead and call it. You ready for it? It's either going to be Alabama or it's even going to be LSU. One I don't, of the two. I don't think it'll be Alabama. I think I think it'll be Auburn or LSU, if not, if not both. Um, LSU for sure. Yeah. So, 500 total yards. We were 6 of 15 on third down. So, once again, we took a huge step back in that category. We had 487 yards. We threw for 356, but on 50 passes. 50 passes. Now, now did what? I read it right? He threw five interceptions. Five. Well, uh, he threw eight interceptions, but three of those were drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were averaging 7.1 yards per pass. We ran the ball for 131 yards on 32 carries. So we ran 82 plays. 50 of those were passed. That's not the formula for this team to win. We've said that this team needs to pass to set up the run, and they absolutely do because their offensive line is not good enough to stand up and be physical enough to block for that to be able to block guys and 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 create big enough seams to run through. And we saw that on Saturday. I think that was the biggest thing. I've I have been a it, it has been very hard and difficult for me to go against the coaches this year. I've I've tried to. I've tried to give them as much credit as I possibly can. How you feel now? I'm still. I still don't know. Like that's my thing. Like, I there's rumors swirling that that Morris is is calling the plays. That Craddock's not. I would believe that if I thought the play calling's changed. Like I don't know that the play calling's changed any. And if you listen to, if you listen to the the to Craddock today in his in his uh, in his in the press conference today. 
it seemed to me from what Craddock was saying that he's got the range to call what he wants. Um, what was more concerning, and, and we'll play this in a little bit, was when they asked him about some of the stuff that when they asked him about um, um, Starkle and the decisions he made, apparently they've just handed the keys over to Starkle in this offense. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, I can see that. So what, what bothers me about that is you've got a guy making his second start and you give him full reign to do whatever he wants with the play calls. And I've heard a lot of people complain about the fact that we ran the ball up the middle a lot. We didn't try to get outside. People wondered what happened to Warren. Well, now we know he had a concussion. Um, he's in concussion protocol, which is why we're, we, we, we abandoned any kind of edge plays because Warren's really our best speed. Yeah. Um, so we abandoned that part of it. But um, from, from, where that, from where we went from last week to this week, I never would have thought that they would give that much – of the offense and the reins to, to Starkle to kind of do what he wants to out there. Um, and apparently he checked to a lot of pass plays out of run plays. Um, see, I noticed, I noticed I, again, uh, like I said, I was on vacation this weekend, so I didn't get to see most of the game. Um, I did see majority of the second half. Well, I mean, you saw the at least decent part of the game and I heard, well, I heard the first half was just horrendous. The first half was completely and utterly embarrassing. I saw the score. We were driving into Branson, and I saw the score at halftime being 24-7, and, and I, I just I, – I told Katie, I said, they overlooked. And I told her, I told her that earlier before the, the, the game, even before the game. I told her, like, Wednesday of last week. I said, they're going to overlook San Jose State. Yeah, but what's concerning is – I feel like they, they definitely overlooked San Jose State. Um, they were definitely looking towards A&M. But here's my thing. I don't, if you're preparing for A&M, why the hell can't you beat San Jose State? See, that's like, Because, I mean, yeah, I get it. You overlook them. You gave them some bullets and poured material. Um, you opened your big mouths. You acted like you'd won something by playing the, the essence. of by, in, in essence, you played 23 minutes against Colorado State. Because, I mean, you were there. We all watched it. The first quarter was a lot of fun outside of that 75-yard touchdown run. And then the second quarter sucked, the third quarter sucked, and half of the fourth quarter sucked. And then out of the blue, this team exploded. And so, in essence, this team has played 23 minutes of good football this year. I just – it. I don't think – and here – and again, this is my thought of the whole whole thing. This whole club dub got in all – got in their heads. They they boosted – they, they, they took this, and it blew their heads up. They got in their heads. They thought, oh, yeah, we can and, – and Morris even said it. He said, we're not good enough to just walk out on that field and beat anybody. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I – so I don't I'm – not, I'm not on that page yet. I don't think that um, – I don't think Club Dub was the issue. I, I think this was a team that – and we, we've watched Arkansas football for eight years. Um we've watched really bad Arkansas football for eight years. Is it really bad or is it just less than expectations? No, no. Mediocrity, that kind of thing. No, this is the worst eight-year stretch I think we've ever seen in Arkansas. It's the worst eight-year stretch I can think of. I mean, I'm 36 years old, and I followed the Hogs for 35 of those pretty hard. I mean, 30 of of those pretty darn hard, you know. Um, I I don't – I can't remember a stretch where – you had so little hope. Like, you, you, 
or you would get a little bit of hope and it would be ripped away immediately. And so to me, what I saw I don't know, there was a couple of years during Houston Nuts era where it was okay, we might go somewhere and the very next week it's a team that you're favored well by and they come up short. But that's exactly my point. We've gone we've gone so I, long yeah. from doing that that that's my point. And and so um, you know, what frustrates me about what or what I what I what I feel like really happened was this team they won, you know, Again, they played 23 minutes of football against Colorado State. And in, in a way, they redeemed themselves for giving up that game last year. And they, to me, these guys felt way too good about themselves. They let that hang over. Um, and I feel like that the coaching staff didn't prepare them properly to come out and win this football game. I think that this staff, and, and, and there may be some things to contradict as we get going because I've got a, a couple of things that I want to I put out there. Um, here in a bit, but I think that I think that this coaching staff said, you know what, these kids got it figured out. Let's let them go out and do it. This is the perfect game to allow these guys to go out there and and kind of do their thing, and they'll we'll win this game. And I think the coaching staff kind of let off the gas on them a little bit. That was their first mistake in my book. No, one hundred percent. They never should have. This team, and I've said it, a, I don't know how many times on social media. This team does not have the intestinal fortitude to just walk out onto a football field and beat anybody. I don't care if you put Bryant High School out there with them. They should obviously beat the hell out of Bryant High School, but they can't just walk out there and go through the motions and beat anybody, period. No. This team's not good enough. We're, and, there's, there's, and again, I said this in, in my immediate postgame, which, by the way, set a record for live views while I was live at 80. We almost had 100 people watch um, that night. So thank you to everybody that watched and participated and commented. Um, it was, a, it was, it was tough, but it was also a lot of fun because I, I love talking about the hogs win or lose. I'm always going to talk about it. Let the fans kind of vent on me. Um, uh, before we go further though, got to thank our sponsor, Mountain Valley spring water since 1871 bottled in glass. It's probably one of the smoothest tasting waters I have ever had. Um, so thank you to Mountain Valley Spring Water. But we're also, uh, a little bit later, going to be joined by our producer, Will. He is stepping up. Um, so uh, we'll, hear from, we'll hear his thoughts later on, and I'm looking forward to that. We got a little bit of fun. Hang with us tonight because we've got some fun coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some- All four of the on-air personalities are going to be on the podcast tonight, so that's going to be fun. Should be interesting. So- um. So I pulled some stuff. I wanted. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah. First play of the game. What's your thoughts? Did you wait? You you, you didn't get to see much of the. First I didn't get half. to see. I didn't get to see much of. The first, I listened to it, but I and and because like I said, we were we were running around Branson and everything, so I didn't get to actually yeah. watch the game until the the second half. Um, no, I take that back. I was watching it from Lambert's in Springfield. Ooh, um, dodging rolls. Yeah, I was dodging rolls. <laughs> um. And uh, you know that I didn't uh, take to, to rabbit hole off that real quick. I didn't know they they still did that. I had heard that they had stopped all of that. No, I think because of a lawsuit because they got hit in the f- some guy got hit in the face or something. Nah, I think that was a rumor. Um, but that was a lot of fun. But no, um, we were sitting there lit watching it and first play of the game. Why? First off, talk about the balls on San Jose San Jose State's coach to call that play with a freshman quarterback. Yeah, and that's the first play you run. But but. Why let that happen? I mean, this is a second game. No, I take that back. It's happened in all four games, hasn't it? The first play that they 
that the, the opposing teams come out. They've scored on that first drive, either the first or second play. I don't remember. I have to go back. I, I've tried to tried to kind of forget a few of these, but I mean, yeah, obviously Colorado State went seventy five on the second play yeah. of the game, and then I mean, if it not if it weren't for a, almost, I mean, it was not a great throw. It caused the, the receiver to stumble. That's a seventy five yard touchdown to open the game. Yeah. So I mean, this was how and and for, for anybody that forgot. San Jose State started off with a 50-yard play, then a nine-yard pass, then a two-yard pass, then they had an eight-yard run, a run for no gain, three-yard run, and then the touchdown pass to Blackwell, which is a three-yard touchdown pass. It took them all of three minutes, not even three minutes, two and a half minutes to <laughs> score on their very first drive. San Jose State walked into Razorback Stadium and set the tone of that game. They pushed Arkansas around. They did whatever they wanted. And they made an SEC team look like a JV high school football team out there at times. It was it, – there, there's no excuse for what this team put out on the field on Saturday. None. None at all. And my first thought when they scored the last touchdown, when we did, and tied the game, was, oh, God, here we go. We get to hear Morris come out and tell us how he's not going to apologize for a win again. He didn't get to do that. Here's here's uh, I'm gonna flash, uh, fast forward um, to one of the the plays that I saw was that final the final the, the final interception the final touchdown that, that that San Jose State had to win the game. Mm-hmm. There was no defensive player when he walked into the end zone. There was nobody around him for at least ten yards. Oh yeah, we we didn't 10, tackle 15. we didn't no, tackle for anything. But but what happened? That I mean. That right there set, told me that nobody on defense, except for maybe Cam Curl, gave a damn. I, I mean, I don't know that you could really say very many of those really gave a damn. No. With, with the effort that we saw, with with the lack of intensity, the lack of physicality, the the lack of blitzing, the lack. I mean, you Chavis said some stuff in the interview today where they were talking about, hey, you know, yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard to. I mean, a team getting the ball out of their hands quick is just hard. What's that got to do with anything? Like, that, that does I don't – then back your safeties up. Run a zone. Get in those windows. Like, stop allowing wide receivers to go 10 yards downfield before anyone looks at them. Like, that was the things that just blew my mind. Hey, you're watching, and you knew. It didn't matter if it was second down, third down, first down. If they dropped back to pass, you knew a wide receiver was open. All that yeah. – and, and, and then the quarterback could stand back there for three days before he had to throw it. It, it, none of it made any sense. Nothing that I saw in that, it, from a defensive scheme, from an offensive scheme, that this was the first game that I've watched that I have been insanely concerned about the future of this program. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's not – it is because we lost to San Jose State, but it's the manner in which we played and the fact that last year, had, you, had, 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 I, had we seen this performance last year, I could have been like, okay, I get it. It's a bunch of guys that really don't want to play I, for yeah, this guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, not a very good team. It is what it is. There's no excuse. They're, they're, I, I mean, I'm at a loss for words, but what we saw on Saturday makes zero sense for what this program has, is, supposedly, is supposedly building right now. Are we building anything? I mean, did I, again, you saw the majority of the game more than I did, and, Will, you did too. 
was there anything that showed was there any positive that you could take away from that game in the second half i couldn't i couldn't i i i mean in the second half he burned two timeouts in in the third quarter for what yeah for nothing um and it came back to haunting. I want to. I want to say that the um, you know the defense stepped up in the second half and played better. But I don't even know if that's really the case. It. it I almost wonder if San Jose State just kind of, you know, <laughs> turned. You know, kind of stepped off the gas pedal on us. Like, I mean... It almost it, looked like, like they like, had. It felt like, okay, hey, we got a nice lead. We're doing well. Let's keep playing defense. Let's not make mistakes on offense. And and let's get a little conservative. And then Arkansas got a little bit, you know, a little momentum here. Got a little, you know, the big pass to, uh, well, to Woods. Do you remember what uh, Chad Morris said in his conference today when he was asked? When, and I think it was in his opening statement. Either that or he was asked. I don't remember. Um, but he said, you know, in the third quarter, we... we Turned it on a little too late, but at that point it was. You need to turn it on in the first quarter. But here's here's my here's my problem with that. You are the Arkansas Razorbacks. You just brought in a top twenty five class. San Jose State, I don't believe, has had a class within the top one hundred in the last ten years. They've won three games, four games in the last two years. So so okay. I'll, I'll, they won I'll, one game last year and two before that. Yeah, I'll I'll buy what you're selling for a minute here, Mr. Morris. Um, sure, we didn't show up in the first half. We look like shit. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me we came back and showed up in the second half and it was too late. No, you were only down 17 points, right? 24 mm-hmm. to 7, 17 points? Mm-hmm. You're only down 17 points. I don't care. You're playing San Jose State. You're telling me that it was too late to come back in the second half down 17? Sure. Next week against A&M, if we're down 17, I'll buy that excuse. But I'm not buying that excuse after this game because it don't make no damn sense. Your team just didn't show up and your coaches didn't show up, period. That, that's what no. happened on Saturday. I saw a lot of carelessness. Yeah, that team didn't show up for four quarters. I don't care what anybody says. No. There's and it, and it terrifies me going into Dallas and, and wondering how – and it's not one of those – how the game's going to – I just want to know how bad A&M's going to beat, beat us. We'll talk about that more in a bit. I, I have, a, have a different feel on that and, and, and where things are going to go, I hope, anyway. Um, but, but, yeah, I'm, we'll talk about that some more in a little bit. <laughs> Man, I, I, like I said, it, 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 it kind of makes you wonder. Because we're only three games, four games in now. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we're going to jump into Twitter and see what the Twitter world oh, man. thinks about it. We're going to look at social media reactions. If you follow me, you know what's going right. on. Yeah, you're. <laughs> I love following you on game days. But that's coming up next on Inside the Natural State. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Zach and Steve here with you. And uh, going to bring in a third member of our broadcast team, as Chuck Barrett would say. Um, our producer, Will, is joining the podcast now. Will, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. So, uh, all right, guys, here, here's the thing. We all know social media is a big thing right now. All right. It has been for the last several years. So I went ahead. The downfall of society. And we all know Bobby Petrino came back to Arkansas for the first time. Easy there, Steve. 
So this is the first time since he was out of this headset yet. Yeah, a little bit since uh, since he was fired and apologized more or less for his actions surrounding his firing. And with that, everybody jumped back up on that bandwagon. Hire Bobby Petrino back. Bring Bobby back. Bobby, 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 Bobby. So I wanted to ask, after this loss to San Jose State, I wanted to ask the fans. And again, I wasn't calling anybody stupid. I wasn't calling anybody asinine. You said they're asinine. (laughs) But the idea of bringing Bobby Petrino back is asinine in and of itself. And everybody's entitled to their opinions. But that led me to something else. How the Twitter world and the Facebook world and all of that reacted immediately following, in the days following, this loss to San Jose State. Guys, I'll start with, I'm going to go ahead and start with Will, Steve, so you can, I'm going to let you over there and stew for a minute. Great, great plan. (laughs) Great plan. (laughs) I didn't want to quite pull the trigger on you yet. Will, what do you think? Well, how do you, Expect them to react. Oh, I got, I got ha- my ass handed to me. This is quite possibly the worst loss in school history. A team that's won. You don't think this out? You think this out does the Citadel? Yes. Yes, Citadel was ranked. Citadel was ranked number one in in what what's now the FCS division of college football. They were number yeah. one. They had some players. Um, the fans reacted about how they should have. I mean, well, for the most part. There are a couple of idiots out there, you know, tweeting at Nick Starkle saying, you know, he need to go break a leg and all this, you know. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a minute. Yeah, idiots. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean, you did a live reaction right yeah. after the game. And, I mean, he had a lot of interaction. Oh, yeah. Something comments yeah. Now, the, the thing about that, though, Will, is, is, is I get it, okay? I was just as mad as, as the next guy. I don't think I was as mad as Steve. But, you know, but at the same time... I'm never mad. Yeah, I've got tweets to prove you wrong on that one there, buddy. But, and, and, and I get it, but, but, but tweeting at players, okay, and then turning around and twisting a question that I had, I just wanted to know why, why should we bring Bobby Petrino back? We shouldn't. Because we won a lot of games, okay? But at what cost? At what cost? I mean, the program's in a ditch. I mean, literally. Yeah, Steve, ditch. what do you think, man? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, first off. No, oh, crap. What, what, what do I think about fans' reactions on Twitter? Be pissed. Be pissed. Don't go to the games. I really don't give a crap at this point because you know what? This Would sh- that really do anything, though, if nobody yes. showed up to Razorback Stadium? Yes. If no, I mean, boosters, season ticket holders, alumni, would that really do anything, though? Yes. What? You are taking on the bottom line of this university. You just spent $120 million to ex- to expand a part of the stadium that we can't half fill. Did we, though? Yes. We or did. did we borrow it? Well, we're spending. Whether we borrowed it, spent it, it doesn't matter. We're spending it. So no matter how it gets spent, it's being spent. It's like if I go buy a house tomorrow, I'm borrowing it for the next 30 years, but by God, I'm, I'm paying for it every month. So you, you dang straight that it will affect that bottom line because you you start to lose not only not only are you losing you know butts in the seats you're going to start losing sponsors you're going to start losing a lot of things that it, you're losing revenue from from concessions it will absolutely impact this university and will force them to make a change that's why we had so many changes in the basketball program for so many times because we sucked and people stopped going 
So the same issue is now. So yeah, be pissed. Be as mad as you want. I don't think it's right to go personally attack players or coaches. Um, you don't know what they're going through. You're sitting on your couch or you're at the game. You can yell and scream. You can do what you want. Social media gives people more access than they really need at times. But be pissed. Have at it. Now, in terms of Bobby Petrino, not only no, but hell no. There are a lot of people, and I get it, a lot of people in this world who don't understand how the business world works. A college football program is a business. Whether you want to look at that way, look at it that way or not, it is a business, and it is a massive, it is a multi-million dollar business. Multi-billion dollar business, really. What Bobby Petrino did, look, here, it, and I had this conversation on social media, media today. I watched. Yeah. If Bobby Petrino had... Terrified, but I watched. Yeah, if Bobby Petrino had just simply went and banged some random girl or was having an, an affair that lasted five years, Bobby Petrino still would have been the coach at the University of Arkansas. Where Bobby Petrino lost his job, and, and, and I've seen this, and I, and I actually I think this is funny. I've seen a lot of people throw the moral high ground uh, excuse out that yeah. Jeff Long wanted to take the moral high ground. I think you guys were talking about it a minute ago that he would show the moral compass if he would get rid of Bill Self right now. Uh, yeah, that's another. Going on that's another different. That's a different animal up here in Kansas. But here's the thing: Jeff Long didn't take the moral high ground. <laughs> Jeff Long did the only thing he could he could do without damaging the university more. The minute that Bobby Petrino, a, paid that girl twenty thousand dollars, he lost his job. But then he doubled down on it, and he hired her. And he gave her a job that she was not qualified for so that he could fly around in airplanes and bang her some more. Then he goes and gets his ass kicked. He didn't have a motorcycle wreck. He got his ass kicked. No, the boyfriend caught up with him and got his ass kicked. And lied and lied again and lied again and tried to make everybody feel sorry for him. If you take the two things in the middle, if you take those two things out, you take the money and the job out, Bobby Petrino survives that entire thing. The university had no choice but to do what they did. It wasn't moral high ground. It wasn't, look at Arkansas being great. It was Bobby Petrino paid a woman and then put her on staff all for his own joys. Mm -hmm. That is what cost Bobby Petrino his job. So from that aspect... That number one, that's why I don't understand why why anyone thinks that Bobby Petrino can come back. Now, I get the thought process. We have sucked royally for eight years. The last time that anyone can think that we were any good was when Bobby was here. So I'm fine with that. I get their people's thoughts. But did you people forget what happened to Bobby Petrino since he left here? I'll remind you, he went eight and four and eight and four at Western Kentucky. He then went to Louisville again. I think he won seven, six, and then like nine. Or it was maybe seven, eight, nine. He, he gradually progressed. Lamar Jackson fell into his lap. He won a Heisman Trophy. They won nine games that year. And he, and he had a Heisman Trophy winner. That was his best year. From that point on, that program continued to sink year after year after year, Bobby Petrino recruited at an at his his average recruiting class was thirty eighth. His average recruiting class in the ACC was seventh. 
Bobby Petrino was not building anything at Louisville. He caught lightning on a, in a bottle when Lamar Jackson fell in his lap. He failed to develop Lamar Jackson. You look at who Lamar Jackson is today versus who he was in college, he's a totally different player. He yeah. is a oh, yeah. highly respected quarterback right now because of what he's doing. And just 12, 12 months ago, all anyone could say was Lamar Jackson's a wide receiver. He ain't a quarterback. One year in an NFL system has taught him so much that he did not learn in, in, in college. He's out of Baltimore now, right? Yes. So when you look at what Bobby Petrino did to the University of Louisville in this last stretch, guys, 10 and 13. He went 10 and 13, that, and 2 and 10 his last year, 10 and 13 his last two years. He doesn't have a job right now. Why? Why are people on this? I, I, there's, 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 anyway, I don't get it. Further from that, I saw some interesting stuff, and I want to kind of get your thoughts. So, so on this social media thing and on the coaching craziness, oh boy, there's been some names that have popped up, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the frustration's been there. Okay. When Start you're saying talking. that, are you, you're, talking about, you're talking about coaches' names? Yeah. or oh, Okay. All right. So, Which leads me to a question here in a but, minute. <laughs> but I, I find it interesting, the names that keep popping up. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. If I was to ask you to say two names that you've heard over the last couple of days on Saturday that people wish we would have hired, three names, really. Yeah. Well, who, who, who would be those names? I've heard four. Okay. Who but one heard? one of them I think is a joke. Okay. I think is a joke from my LSU buddy. Um Houston Nutt. Okay. Bobby Petrino. Okay. Kevin Kelly out of Pulaski Academy. And the joke is John L. Smith. Okay, so you are obviously not talking to the same people I am because the one okay, this is Kevin where, Kelly's name's been brought up yeah, a lot. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, no, no, and I no Kevin. So Kevin Kelly and um and, and I've seen Houston Nutt, of course Bobby Petrino. The names that I've heard, and this is this goes back to the search, okay? Okay. Mike Norvell. Yeah, no, I've heard him. I've heard that one. Why didn't we hire Mike? Why? Did, well, one, there were, from my understanding, and and I'm not I'm not like super duper connected, but I, I have some people that know some people that that know some have people heard some rumors and and some things that I feel very confident in what I've heard. Um, from what I understand, with the Norvell situation, is we we never offered Norvell because I thought we did. No, Norvell had a um, – he's got some skeletons in the closet that I don't think the university wanted to deal with at this point. More so than that, though, my understanding is that um, they were concerned with his ability to build a program. He didn't have to build anything at Memphis. He walked into a ready-made, let's just put it on the field and play. And he has sustained it. Now, give him credit. He's done a great job of sustaining it. I was on the Norvell, but I would have loved Norvell. I don't know if he could have done any better than what Morris has done so far, um, but I would have loved Norvell. To me, I thought it was going to be Norvell. The people that I talked to before that happened, I thought it was going to be Norvell. Right. The other name, and this is the one that blows my mind. Okay. Mike Leach. That's the other one I heard. Yes. Okay, so I did hear that one. So, again, it begs the question, do... Arkansas Razorback fans watch any football outside of the state of Arkansas. Did you watch what happened to Washington State Saturday night? I heard about it, but it, but I, I have to turn. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's waiting for me to get to this point. He was he's over here like a chew. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that for yeah. right now, oh, and I'm gonna turn to Will and go. Are you okay over there? <laughs> oh, I'm good. No, Mike Leach. 
Yes, okay. we watch. I, well, I do. Um, <laughs> Obviously, yeah, he, a lot what, don't. What they score? Sixty-six points. Yeah, and he I lost. think it was 66, 63. Quarterback yeah. threw for nine touchdowns yeah. and lost the game. And they lost. They Not, they were up 32, 32 points. points with thirty. Like but halfway through the third quarter? Yeah. At one point, wasn't it like 30-something to 17 or something yeah, like that? They were up 32 points yeah, in the second half. points in the second half. Oh, yeah, like 49-17 or something yes. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pac-12 after dark happened again. Well, I yeah. <laughs> and, and Yeah, they they give up a 32-point lead and lose 67-63. The very next day, Razorback fan, we should have hired Mike Leach. Are you serious? Like, did you not just watch what happened last night? But at least it'd be entertaining. It, it would. We we would have his more. press conference would be fun. We would have a whole lot more. I than didn't hammer down left lane and I, I all would that bullshit. I would enroll in one of his classes just to hear him teach. Oh no doubt. Like right. the, the sound bites would be exciting. I, I and I but from a from an X's and O standpoint, I don't I don't know how I don't know any I don't know how good he would be at the SEC level. Okay, so but again, Mike Leach would be fun to have. But as far as as far as successful at this point, who are you going to get? Well, and I don't like the who you're going to get because they'll hire somebody. The problem is, will they swing and miss again? You know, and and, and I say again, I don't know that we've swung and missed, but completely. Um, but we're definitely at a, at a, at a two strike count right now. If we want to use a baseball analogy, I don't. I said I don't think we've struck out yet, but it's getting close. So. Uh, we all know Jimbo Fisher's got that $75 million contract down there at A&M. Mm-hmm. What is – uh, Morris is what, $12 million buyout? Ten at the end of the year. Ten at the end of the year? Nine million at the end of the year? Yeah. Okay. The next coach, and I can't believe I'm going to say it, but instead of giving these coaches these ungodly amount of buyouts and all these big contracts and everything – why not give him a like, like almost like commission? I mean, you're in real estate, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. For every win he gets, pay him a hundred thousand dollars. If he doesn't win, he doesn't get paid. He wins the if he beats uh, uh, Bama, LSU, or A and M, he gets ten thousand dollar bonus. If he beats all three, that's thirty grand right there. Okay. If he wins the division, he gets a fifty thousand dollar bonus. Wins the, the SEC, he gets a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Okay, he he gets to a bowl game, seventy five thousand dollars bonus because you know, win or lose, you still get seventy five thousand. Um, and if he wins it all, he get a million dollar a million dollar bonus and a contract extension. I mean, that's it a, entices you to to win though. Yeah, and I mean that's a it's a cute idea, but at the end of the day, and I <laughs> wow, sorry I had to throw it at you. It 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 it, it, it yeah. That so, hurt. I had it, and I had it all elaborately planned out too. I mean, the, the problem. You, but you win ten games. It's what? That's a million dollars right there. Yeah, but no coach in their right mind is going to take that job and take the risk that they're taking, and be able to walk into a recruit's living room and go, "Yeah, I'm going to be here in five years, but I don't have a contract that says that. I just have to make sure I win every year." <laughs> no coach and no university in their right. Here's where it's got to be fixed. And if you saw, well, I mean, it was a good idea why it lasted. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I get it. I think that actually didn't that come up with something with Kevin Kelly at some yeah, point. Kevin yeah. Kelly's the one that made that point. And I promise you that if Kevin Kelly was coaching at the college level, he would have a far different idea of that. Nothing against Coach Kelly. Coach Kelly is a brilliant, brilliant offensive guy. Mind. And, and, and he, I got we got to meet him, and that was hitting. 
blew Katie's mind. Speaking yeah. of Katie, she is here now, so we now have all four on-air personalities. Woohoo! It's fixing to get hot in she here. Interesting, but so. so but I think that I think oh, that if coming. you, if 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 Kevin Kelly was at that, it was in the in at the college. Um, if Kevin Kelly is on is is, uh, is coaching college football, I think he has a different idea of that. Um, nothing against coach, he's 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 a brilliant mind. I just he thinks outside the box, and that's a great idea. But if at the, maybe maybe at an FCS level, somebody might do that. But at the end of the day, Hunter Yurchek, if you watched any of the Little Rock Touchdown Club today, was boy did he look nervous. He did, and but he gave some good answers, and, and, and I feel confident in – now, it, it, I, it would be interesting to see how that negotiation went with an agent as far as, hey, you know, we don't believe that we should give you this kind of buyout. I think what you're probably going to see is, especially with the way Juracek thinks, is um, as we go forward that there's going to be some sort of wording in those contracts that states, look, wins and losses, losing like we're losing right now, that's that that is cause for being terminated, and we can terminate you for cause and not pay you that buyout. That brings out a, an interesting point. I'm, my bad, guess. Go, no, ahead, go ahead. That brings up an interesting point. Everybody keeps looking at Hunter Yurchek like he's the one that hired Morris. Um, he only had the job like what two weeks? Will no, no. like two weeks before would they hired Morris? No. So that's. So this it is, was it wasn't it was Julie Cromer Peoples that hired Morris. Yeah, so have you? I'm not gonna I'm not going to um, to promote another podcast right now, but there is there is a podcast out there that has a very very good interview with her. Yes, um, and, and, and it details it. She broke it down well, and it details it. And 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 basically, and basically, your check was told that this was the guy they were zeroing in on within a couple of hours. They had everything ready to offer Juracek the job. They then flew to Houston and picked up Juracek. They then flew and got to Dallas at about 11 o'clock at night, and that was the first time Juracek had met um, Chad Morris, at least in, in, as far as being able to say yes or no. This was not Juracek's hire, period, end of story. He was asked about it by, by, by Peoples, mm -hmm. and his response was, oh, yeah, I like Chad. He's a good coach. That, that was literally all he had. He then, they sat in the living room with Julie and both Hunter and his wife and Chad and his wife. They all sat. While they're having a conversation, Julie Peoples gets a call from Jimmy Sexton, leaves the room. They work out the contract, walks back in. Chad Morris gets a phone call, walks out of the room, comes back in. They basically wink eyes at one another. That's how Chad Morris was hired. This guy's never won a power five team, a power five game. He hasn't. And, 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 and again, I don't, I don't know where we're going to go in the future. I feel like they're, I'm scared to death about yeah. it. I'm, I just, so, but, but to piggyback off of what you said, there are people calling for Hunter Yurichek's head right now. And, and makes Hunter, no sense to Hunter me. Hunter Yurichek deserves zero blame. Now, if this team doesn't win another game the rest of the year and Hunter Yurichek doesn't, doesn't say Chad, you need to you need to figure something well, out. In my opinion, is if this team wins two or three games this year, uh, Chad Morris needs to be fired. I'm not on the bandwagon of firing coaches every two years. I think it's a bad look. See, I have to disagree. I but think if, you start with the assistants first. I don't. Not with what we've seen. Well, I, and we're going to get into this later on. But if you listen to the to the to the press conferences, um, 
if you listen to the press conferences, you'll see what I mean. I'm, I'm thinking this is more on the assistants than it is on Morris. Now, before, before you come across the table at me, <laughs> let, let, me let me explain. Yeah. Morris is the head, right? Okay. He has some blame. There's a lot of blame. But I think you need to make a change at the assistant level first. See how that goes. And then go. I it, look, if nothing change if he changes look let me, let me let me think about this, all right? He fires Craddock, which he needs to cuz good lord. You will and we'll get into that. And he lets Chavis go. Okay? You bring in two more. Now you're not going to get a Brent Venables. God no. Okay? Everybody needs that's a pipe dream. Yeah. Trust me, I would love it if we get Brent Venables. Oh, I got yelled at on Twitter over that. Okay. You'd have to offer $2.5 million just for him to have a conversation with you. And we did that. We've already done this. Why I, are we going down this road again? I, 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 no, I'm just saying that to you. No, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> why, why? Anyway. But, but, but and, and nothing, and you still have, you're still, you know, three and nine, four and eight, three, two and ten. And you're not breaking 500, then you got to cut Chad loose. So, um, but I, I, I think don't. This is about the time that I'm gonna just take a drink of my Dr Pepper with vanilla cherry in it, and we could take a break and pick this up on the other side. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley Spring Water. Back to the source. Welcome back, everybody. Zach and Steve, Will, Katie in the other room currently. So let's pick up where we were. So you posed the question. I don't know. Did you take a long enough drink? I think I took too many drinks. Oh, boy. All right. Give it to me. Talk about what's in there. Throw it at me. So so you posed the question. (laughs) Will's Will's losing it over here again. Will, you good over there, man? Yes. Dynamite drop in. Dynamite drop in. So, <laughs> somebody, somewhat, somewhere, there's a mic dropping. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> please don't drop these mics, though. No, no, no. please don't. Um, so He'd you kill you, us both. You posed the question about assistance and how long, how long Morris should realistically have, and right. And I said this from the beginning of the year, and you, you kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but I said four wins is not an improvement, even over two last year. The, the reason I and I still don't, and I still believe that and what what scares me and, and we had this conversation um, on our on our you know on our uh, group page right at one point about you, you mentioned that Morris has you think they'll give Morris four years I one hundred percent believed before Saturday mm-hmm. that they give Morris three or four years just because this is a massive rebuild yeah and it, that's kind of where I was going with yeah, it and and and. and I don't think most of us, even us or other Hog fans, really appreciate how much of a rebuild this is. Um, 
if you listen to some of the words that we were talking about earlier with Julie Cromer Peoples in what in some of her statements she's made recently, the reason the change was made when and how it was made was because they knew this program was headed down a very bad road. Well, I mean, Brett Bielema may, be a, may, may have been a good coach, okay? He may have been. But then again, it exposed how he really was when he moved away from Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin. But you've got to think, eight years now, and if it, it could go back further than that. Recruiting hasn't always been that great, okay? And and the cupboard was bare. The players were just they they were they were uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Will um, le, lethargic? There we go. <laughs> Mediocre. That hurt. Yeah, but but you have to give Morris time. Sixteen games in is not a good evaluation. Now again, he reaches four years. And you still, you're still not going for a West title. Now, again, if, as long as Nick Saban's at Alabama, you're not going to sniff the West division title. But, see, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. And, and here's my opinion on that. I agree. I, a guy needs four or five years to build a program. I do not. I 100% do not accept, expect the University of Arkansas to compete for Western division titles even after four years. There's a lot of digging out of a mess that this program has to do. And with the mess that they're in, it's going to create some waves in recruiting. Whether it be good or bad, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs. Now, the fact of the matter is, is since recruiting rankings have been kept, outside of a few anomalies, the University of Arkansas has recruited at a top 30 level every year, no matter who's been the coach here. There's been some 35s, there's been some 40s that have popped up. But even under Brett Bielema, he was still recruiting in the top 30 range. But, I mean, you got to admit – I, it's going to take – I mean, you can't fire – because what's going to happen if we fire coaches every two years? You okay. Can't, you, you can't lose to San Jose State, period. You can't. It, it To me, a loss to San Jose State, that just ate one year out of that four. That okay. one game ate one full year. I can kind of realistically see – okay, then, then let, me, let, me, let me ask another question. Tennessee lost to Georgia State, okay? Right. Why does Jeremy Pruitt still have a job? Well, this is what year two for Prude as well, right? So I'm, I'm but again, I'm not saying. I, I, don't get me wrong. I know that I screamed it and yelled it on social media in an emotional moment that that, that Morris needs to be fired. <coughs> my my personal feeling as of right now, a it does no good to fire Morris. It does no good to fire Morris at this point in time. Like you don't make that change now because there is still a lot of work to be done. The problem to me where this where we get in trouble if we wait too long is recruiting is going to go down a tube in a hurry. If this team, if this team wins three games this year, God help us on the recruiting trail. Cause it ain't going to be good. That's not improvement. And, and from my stance from before the season started was you have literally been gift wrapped four wins, Portland state, Western Kentucky, San Jose state, and who am I missing? Colorado State. Colorado State, who we beat. So, you were gift-wrapped four wins to start the year, and you but already you, lost one. How do, and, again, we, and again, we can go down this rabbit hole all night long. How do you go from beating Colorado State the way they did to the crap show we saw this past Saturday? And, again, I, I'm, I'm, I, for three years since we've had this show and have this page, Okay, been right down the middle. Okay, I call it like I see it. 
And it's exactly what I saw from this Razorback football program on Saturday was a crap show. It was. With the amount of talent. And, and well, we're starting freshmen. And where's it? No. Look at Auburn. Auburn starting a true freshman quarterback. Okay. Auburn starting a true freshman. But look at how many true freshman quarterbacks are starting around the SEC right now. Because most of the starters are out. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, and and, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't – the San Jose State game was what is inexcusable. And, again, I'm not coming up with excuses yeah. like some people as to why we lost to San Jose State. Right. There's no excuse. There is no excuse. But but so, so from my perspective, as far as when it comes to the coaching side of this thing, I don't – if this team wins three or four games, I don't know that changing coordinators does any good. Now – if and and honestly, I'm not on the fire Joe Craddock bandwagon yet. I'm I'm climbing up the ladder of the fire John Chavis bandwagon right now because there are two reasons. Number one, the results on the field and in his inability to stop teams on third down. What we see right now from John Chavis is has been a normal thing from John Chavis for several years now. This isn't something that's crept up because we have less talent. Not to mention, uh, and I hate to interrupt, but he hates recruiting. But I don't, well, and they say that. It doesn't matter. We've got young, dynamic guys that can get out and recruit. And Chavis, Chavis will recruit. I mean, there's, there. I don't I don't know that that, that narrative is 100% true. Um, but, but Ch- look, I don't care whether Chavis likes to recruit or not. His name does carry some weight, and he will get guys on this campus from a namesake standpoint. The problem that I have and the two issues that I have, we see most of the same problems from from Chavis that he's had at other stops. And then number two, we're currently paying John Chavis $900,000 a year. That's really not that bad in the grand scheme of defensive coordinators if they're doing good. If we retain Chavis and nothing is done to his contract after this year – we owe him $1.5 million next year. That man has done nothing to be rewarded with a $1.5 million contract. Was he on staff at A&M when Vaughn Miller was there? I don't remember that. I don't remember if he was there that long back. No. No? Who was, it? Who was in the defensive backfield when he was there? Was it, uh, uh, wait a minute, Miles Garrett? He was a defensive lineman. Yeah. Okay, but still. Their, their, when he was at A&M, their defense was slightly average. They had, I mean, they had moments, and, and they had moments where they got eat up. That's what I'm saying. I mean, now his, his resume goes all the way back to Tennessee, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he was really good then. So, I Tennessee, mean, LSU, LSU, A&M, Arkansas. No, there was one more in there, wasn't there? I think that's it. That's it. But, but regardless, you can't justify paying him $1.5 million oh, no. this year. Oh, no. With the results we've seen over these two years, I, I even you from, can't because just, here's the thing: you could go out on the open market and find a much better defensive coordinator for a mil a mil three. Bring and, back Reggie Herring. Maybe I, I'm. I'm well, tired I mean, of, I'm tired of the bring back stuff. I was like going to say. I, just, I mean, <laughs> since we're it. in the since we're in the moment of bringing back old coaches. Yeah, I just. I, so and, and this is a, this is something else to think about. We talked about buyout dollars and all of that. Morris's buyout is $10 million. That's a lot of money. I know that for the grand scheme of some of the people that donate money to the University of Arkansas, that's probably not a lot of money. But the way that donations are counted now for businesses, 
is not the same. These guys can't just go right off that five million dollar gift anymore. That doesn't work. Um, so that's 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 not a that that there's no benefit to them in that manner. Now let me ask you something. Chad Morris was hired. Who's the biggest donor at the University of Arkansas? It's not where I thought you were going, but I had a, I've got a comeback question for that. Okay. Who's the biggest donor at the University of Arkansas? Jerry Jones. Who was who is Jerry Jones's guy? Jason Garrett? No. Do you realize why we have Chad Morris? <laughs> Chad Morris is Jerry Jones's guy. They're basically neighbors. Yeah, but They're, you know who you know they, who uh, you know who reco- also recommended Chad Morris? Who? Gus Malzahn. Well, there was talk there, and Gus did, and 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 I don't well, I don't know to what extent, but regardless, my point is this: your biggest donor is your co- your head coach's biggest backer. Mm-hmm. Do you really now? You're a Cowboys fan. Who is a grandson on? Yeah, the team. You, you're a Cowboys fan. Let me ask you something: How well has that Cowboys franchise realistically been run for the last ten years? Yeah, and this is a good time, Will, that we need to take a break. Yeah, but no, I mean honestly, <laughs> no, no. And, 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 uh, it and Jerry Jones has stepped uh, in the front of a lot of things. What concerns me is what if Jerry goes, you know what, I'm going to be hard-headed here and I'm not going to approve of a buyout. I'm not going to approve of paying that money to him. And let's stick Chad Morris for it. Let's stick with him. We need to stick with him another year or two. We need to give Chad some time. His son's coming. We got this. What happens when that – because everybody wants to get rid of Chad. Hunter might want to get rid of Chad. But at the end of the day, Hunter has to do what the board wants him to do. More like Chancellor Steinman's. No, because Chancellor Steinman's ain't paying these ain't paying that salary either. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, he's got to do what the board wants. And if you listen to what he said at the at the touchdown club mm-hmm. today, his exact comment when asked about negativity, he said, oh, I've had, you know, I've had a lot of that. He said, but I've had a lot of people calling, saying, and texting me and emailing me with, with words of encouragement and that we're going to turn the corner, we're going to – Morris can make this work, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yeah, there's – he – there's the – I guess. But then again – but but again, you got to know that – him and, and and I'm not taking anything away from David Basil. All right, met the guy, talked to the guy, you know him, Tommy, and all of them. Okay, but you got to know there was a conversation with the two of them that was, here's what you can ask, here's what you can't ask. Uh, I don't know. I thought the questions that Baz asked were pretty hard hitting at times early on. I mean, and I also thought that it made, um, I thought that it made. I thought it made Hunter a little uncomfortable at times. He definitely, he did a lot of leg rubbing. He was trying to get the sweaty hands, you know, and he's a guy that stands in front of millionaires on a daily basis. Yeah. And and for him to get up there and be as nervous well, as he, he was. he wasn't standing in front of millionaires. He was standing in front of the average Razorback fan. But it doesn't matter. What I'm, my point is, is he stands in front of people that should that should make him a lot more nervous than the questions he And it did. He looked, he yeah. looked really unsettled. There were times where he looked uncomfortable and he kind of tried to pass what was being asked. Did and, you and see... Fine. What could have been known as, and what's been known on Twitter today as the kiss of death. Yeah. Do we, we don't have that clip loaded, do we? Of him no. being asked by um, one of the media guys, you know, have you spoken or had any conversation with, and that's okay if you don't. Um, he was asked, I want to say it was either post the interview or right before, one of the two, but um, one of the local news stations asked him, he said, have you had any conversations in any way with about Chad Morris, the assistants, or any of his coaching staff about making changes. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, no, Chad Morris is our coach. 
Well, I mean, he's not going to say anything else at this point anyway, and, and maybe that's the kiss of death, maybe not. I, I don't believe that they'll fire Chad Morris at the end of this year unless, again, they don't win another game and they're not close. We finish we, – you know, we end up with a four- or five-game stretch like we had to finish last year. If something like that happens, then, yeah, there's going to be some major concern there. So that that's – you know, obviously there's but, – but, but I do believe that Morris um, – I, I I don't think Morris will be gone after this year. I don't, and and like I said, a change has to happen. I mean, it is it imperative that it happens. I think so, but again, I'm maybe it's just maybe this is just me being stubborn. Maybe this is just me not you know not wanting to believe that we've struck out on this deal. Um, but again, I'm not I'm not so much in the camp of the folks that think Craddock is terrible. I said we knew we were getting in Chavis, and he's there. There are some deficiencies on that side of the ball, obviously. Um, I, the you know the the popular thing right now is to say fire the coordinators. You know, before we fired Mike Anderson, the popular thing was fire all his assistants. I, I get it. I, we we're 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 grasping. the The problem to me is over the first four games, I've not seen. I, well, I've seen a lot of bad execution by the players. Right. And I've seen some bad moments of game planning and bad decision-making. Now, here's the thing. We're not privy to what – so, where's that clip? Um, I wanted to ask you, and I've, I've got one – We don't have time to do that longer clip. Yeah, well, I was thinking of the one with Craddock because it made me think. But um, if you got the one with Chad, play that. Okay. I mean, before, hold on, Will, before you do, before you do. Okay. And I don't think we loaded this one, like I th- and I forgot about it. The one where he says about the pregame, where he noticed that they were too loose. No, I don't have that one. Okay. Morris was asked a question either right after the game or this morning during the press conference. Um, and he said, you know, I, I, during pregame, he noticed that the, they were too loose. Yeah. Okay. Nothing changed after he addressed it. Well, again, there's a there's a mindset when you come into a football game, and I think he addressed it. I don't know that that was a it was a matter of them not um, not listening or not not doing what the coach asked him to do. I think it was more of a you know he saw that and he told him, look, you guys need to you, you're going to have to focus here. You have to figure this out. I think was the conversation that was had, and so um, you know, so yeah, I, I, I but I don't know that that was I, that happened for five days in practice. What we saw on Saturday, that lack of preparation, that lack of um, – but, yeah, so play that clip of Morris if you've got it ready there. You want Morris or you want Joe Craddock? No, give me the Morris one because the Craddock one's probably too long. Okay. We'll play the Craddock one Coach, out of the break. Have you identified what some of the problems have been? And is it is it something with the preparation throughout the week or something that you got to self-scout yourselves and, and maybe figure out how you approach this week? Well, we always self-scout ourselves each week and see if there's any tendencies. Um and, you know, so that's always – that's part of our weekly routine that we do. Um, the preparation last week, uh, I, thought we, I thought we had a good week of, of, of preparation and practice. I thought that our guys responded, um, you know, coming off of the win at Colorado State. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't see that, no. I, I did not see that coming. Yeah. Through the preparation that we had. So, how do you not see – Well. Here's my thing. He said that throughout practice that they they responded well. So what changed? Who? How? What? I mean, what are you talking? I don't. What I don't understand is what the hell did you miss? Because 
there is no way in hell that this team was prepared through last week. That right there concerns me more than anything any coach has said so far because there is no way you can tell me that this team got on the practice field last week and prepared to a point to beat San Jose State because if they prepared as well as he think they thinks they prepared, then they would have won that game. They may not have won it by 20 or 30 points, but they would have won that game by it w- two it, touchdowns. You would have looked at it as – it would have been seen as another Portland State win. Well, possibly, but, I mean, we had we, we played much better offensively at times, especially late in that game, than we did in the, in the Portland State game. So, for me, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, – I think from that perspective that, you know, if – I don't know what Morris was looking at. I don't know what he's. I don't know what what he's what he saw in practice because what we saw that was that was built up to that point. Are we breaking? How much time we got? Oh, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap so we can gather our thoughts for the next segment. All right, when we come back, we're gonna have all four on-air personalities from Natural State Sports, and we're gonna have some rants. Yeah, this should be fun. But before we go, I want to get your SEC power rankings for this week. Okay. All right. And I'm a little embarrassed about mine, and I don't want you, William, to say that I just copied ESPNs. You did. You I did. didn't. No, I didn't. I, 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 I tried. I tried. So, all right, what do you guys got at number one? So, number one, I got Bama. Yeah, I've got Bama. LSU. See, I wanted to put them up there, but it – I don't know. Um, I got Georgia at number two. Bama. Georgia at number two. Why do you have Bama at number two? I'm not going to put them number three. Yeah. They're not uh, the third best team in the league. <laughs> no, but they're not. Well, yeah. Number three? LSU. See, I got LSU. Georgia. That makes, Georgia's I mean, not the third. Well, the third, the when, top when three. I are, have LSU as number one. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah you got, uh, the top yeah. three is fairly interchangeable. Yeah, top. I mean, top, the top three and the bottom three can go either way. Can I just say something? <laughs> oh God! We continue this. I'm scared. The SEC is mediocre as hell this year. Yeah, <laughs> there's four, and then it's like, like literally, well, literally it's just the top three and the bottom three are right shoot, there. The top four, and then everybody is just hoping that they could be halfway competitive after that. But it's been that way for years, though. Number four is Auburn. Yeah. Auburn. Auburn. Who you got at five? Florida. 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 Six A and M A and M A and M. That one was tough for me, but but at the same time, I mean, I didn't want to put them. You know, uh, seven. I've got Missouri. Missouri. I have Missouri as well. Missouri. Number eight. Mississippi State. Same. Same. <laughs> oh jeez. Number nine. Ole Miss. What? Kentucky. See, I got Kentucky. I don't. I don't. I'm not. As surprised as that. I mean, again, how do you have Ole Miss ranked rank so high? Kentucky's quarterback. I mean, yeah, but I think Kentucky's got a better defense, though. Kentucky's yeah, I mean, their defense is good, but Mar- uh, uh, Mark Stoops has got almost called him Bob Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hire him? Yeah, right. Please. Um, number nine is Kentucky. Number 10, South Carolina. Kentucky. I got Ole Miss at 10. Oh, well. Uh, number 11, Ole Miss. South Carolina. South Carolina. Well, make sure I'm the odd man out here. I got Arkansas at 12. <laughs> Me too. I got Vandy at 12. <laughs> no. Well, I, I I did that. Now, if they lose to A&M, they're going to the bottom. They're 0-3. 
I don't care. <laughs> oh and four. They scored oh and thirty four. plus points on LSU. Uh, see, he's got a point there. They are zero. They are zero and three. That's the same argument Arkansas fans. I don't care. Last year against Bama. Well, yeah. it it was a valid exact. argument. I mean, LSU scored sixty six. Yeah, sixty eight yeah. something. Like sixty. That. Something yeah, something like they that. still yeah. lost by thirty something points. They still so. scored thirty plus. Well, I got Vandy at thirteen. Tennessee at thirteen. Tennessee. Okay. I got Vandy at fourteen. And I, have I got Ar- Tennessee at fourteen. Arkansas Razorbacks at fourteen. You suck. So well, no, I mean. Yeah, had him at seven last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was drinking a little Kool Aid, but I mean, on it. I mean, so let's be real. That's where coaching comes in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had him seven last week and fourteen this week. Coaching let not only the team down but the fans. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And 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 again, we'll get we'll get into this when we preview A and M in next segment. But but. If they don't come out and respond, and and I'm not saying they have to win. Yes, they do. Well, yeah, no, they have to win. But They're act like you want to play a yes. game. Yeah. Okay. If they don't, it's gonna be a long year for us Hall fans. Yeah. Well, and, and just just my the reason that I have Arkansas at 14 is I still feel like Arkansas has played 23 minutes of football all season, and that's that's re- but that's realistic. Like though. I mean. You you realistically could have and almost should have been beat by Portland State. Um, you lay an egg against Ole Miss. You start the wrong quarterback, and then you you know you bring Starkland in the second half and you couldn't get it done. You played your best twenty three minutes of football against Colorado State, and then you get manhandled. There's no other way to put it. You got manhandled by a very 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 bad San Jose State team. So. We paid the highest buyout. In the country. Okay. Or not buyout, but a a payday. Yeah, biggest payday to lose. Did you – so, did you you hear Hunter's response to that today? I did not. I I had to – like I said, I was was at work trying to listen. So, Baz asked him about paying $1.5 million to lose. Yeah. And he said – well, you know, truly, we're not worried about the money. That you know, we we paid that so we could give our fans another game at home. I'm thinking, what the thirty thousand people are going to show up now? You dumb shit! Like, what the hell do you think is about to happen? Wow! Like, come on, man! Like, just be honest and just tell us. Don't don't just try to fluff it. Like, let me know that you're pissed that we just gave away one point five freak million freaking dollars to some school out in the West Coast. Mm, anyway, we're gonna take a break. Coming up. Katie joins us on Inside the Natural State for our rants. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, Inside the Natural State. And um, this shall be the fun part. So we've covered a lot of things today. I've, I've missed half of it. You have. I know. But you've I've, heard it. I've, I mean, I've heard it. You I came just back came from, running in here like I was like about to lose my mind and take uh, out Zach I, or something. I heard a truck and then something about a million dollars, and I was like, what? <laughs> that was, yeah, I don't have a million dollars, but I got a truck. So <laughs> so this is going to be the fun part. We've we've asked you guys to hang around. We've got a few folks to uh, throw some rants out there, and um, we're going to let uh, Katie from the live show here uh, take off with it. Okay. So, so rants away. So my thing is Chad Morris started the year with the strip him of everything to kind of teach him a lesson. Are you showing me my timer? Yeah. Keep up with it. That's (laughs) mean. 
I'm going to be distracted the entire time. We watched me with baseball, y'all. Red light. Red light. Right? <laughs> Anyways, no. Um, so he stripped everybody of their everything Razorback at the beginning of the season, which I thought was a good idea. And I think it was, you know, the idea behind it was, I guess, different. Um, and then with the loss we had yesterday, not yesterday, good God, Saturday, it was like we overlooked, and Zach said that too the entire time, that we, over, we just overlooked San Jose. I almost said Portland, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, so, and I was, so I did some research today, and I was like, what would stop Chad Morris from doing that basically to their uniforms? Strip them down to white pants, white shirt, Razorback helmet. Okay. And I was like, and so Zach was like, no, you can't do that because there's NCAA rules for it. Mm-mm. If Chad Morris wanted to, he could have a white jersey with black finals of their numbers and their names, which is the only thing required to be on there for the school. He could do it. We, so we could go into the A&M game if we're the away team and basically come in in all white with a red helmet. I could see that. I think the only issue with that, more than the NCAA, is Nike. Yeah, and that's so, what we were talking about. Yeah. I was like, you probably run into Nike. But yeah. it just, it's. What about using Nike t-shirts? Yeah, but Nike designs the uniform. So yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, though. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Because to me, like you said, Morris had fed all of us to believe that he made these people earn this. Yeah. He, he sold us this bill of goods that they went into the off season. The coaches had to, the coaches had to earn it. The players had to earn it. Mm-hmm. What the hell did they earn? Um, I, a I'm, loss to San Jose state. Right. Cause that's what they've earned. Well, they point. obviously did not learn club earn club dub. Oh gosh. And it was like the whole, the whole premise behind club dub would have been great. If you did it after a sec win, don't do it. At, Cause they didn't do it after the first win. The Manila win. Yeah, I, and well, and I well, I don't. Yeah, if they did, they sure didn't publicize it like they did after this one. No. Um, and I agree. I, I I'm not. I, I'm not overly. I, I'm not against the club dub thing. I thought that the, I thought it was a good idea. It, it resonates with the kids, and, and yeah. that's fine. I got no problem with that. It's just as a staff and as players, it doesn't seem like these guys know how to respond after that. No. So, so I follow most of the players on Instagram. On my personal account, I follow most of them. And you have – it's it's almost like you have a divide in the team. It's it's kind of weird to watch because, you know, it's Rakeem Boyd is the one that helped get Nick Starkle here, correct? Right. Okay. Um, and so him him and Nick Starkle were real close. They were real close the entire time they were trying to get him here. And then Nick Starkle posted after the win, it was him and two other dudes hanging out on a porch singing Dancy Queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's all it was. And then you go and look at other ones, players, and they're driving down the road and, you know, kind of being reckless. And it's one of those. I like Nick Starkle because he's humble. Right. He's not big and flashy. He's not like, I did this, I did that. He put a tweet out today that said, it was today or yesterday, that says, I let down my family, I let down my brothers, I let down my coaches, and I let down the state. When Ben Hicks lost, there was no tweet. There was nothing. Well, and that's true, and and Starkle is definitely a better vocal leader, mm-hmm. and and he was one of the only ones that came out, and I mean, because you got, yeah, so you have some guys that have come out and decided to to almost mock the fan base, yeah, um, in the you keep doubting us crap, and the and the you know that kind of stuff. Well, for eight years we've had nothing better to do but to doubt you. Yep. Like I know not all these guys have been there, but hell, T.J. Hammonds comes out. Right after the game. Keep doubting us. TJ Hammonds, you haven't played a down of football in how long? Shut up. Yeah. Oh, like, and it was like last year we had, um, was it Sosa Game that did that? On, on, who was the one that t- 
talk crap after every game last that year. That was uh, Jared Cornelius. Thank you. I, why, I don't know why I thought it was so so he. Did you see? Sorry, I don't mean to cut You're that. You're fine. But did you see that from Randy Ramsey, though? No way. Randy Ramsey came out, and, and you find that tweet, because from what Randy said was, you know, he made some comments, basically, because I've seen some of the past players that have said some of this stuff, that have come out here over the last day or two and made comments of, you know, to the, to the, to the well, man. You know, Randy under, Rambo Ramsey? Yeah. Now really? I remember, or he's they're they're all like, well, now I understand why the fans are so mad. Like watching that just stressed me the hell out. Kind of responses from a lot of these recent ex players. But Randy had a, and I don't remember exactly what he said. Let's see if I can find it as well. I'm looking. I follow him. Let's see. He plays. Who did he, he play for? Oh, he plays for the Packers. So do do do. Where is it at? Where is that tweet? I swear, this is great radio, guys. <laughs> okay. uh, he did so make the he, joking one about the university needs to switch back to being sponsored by Coke. I don't know what else to blame. We either lose by a lot or we lose a close game to teams we are ten times better than. That may have been actually the tweet that I had seen. Yeah. I'm well, there's there's anything. another one. It's um, where did it go? One moment at a time, one day at a time. Control your parts and rest, and rest already handled. The rest is already handled. Good lord, I can't it wasn't read y'all. No, that was Briston Gidry that yeah. said that part. But but that's what I'm saying is you have these guys that were pretty vocal previously about things yeah. that are now coming out and understanding. Like, look, and, and and someone made this point the other day too that I thought was was a good point, and maybe it was Fitz Hill. I don't remember. Somebody made the point. You know, Morris kind of needs to take a step back. Like, take a step back from the from the from being sealed into this program, mm -hmm. and look at what he's and and look at what's happening. Yeah, because. It's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day and the battling on the field and the practice field and everything else, but then to forget that, you know, what what the responses are and what you're actually – I mean, hell, we're on – we made TMZ today. That's so like, sad. That like, is so – well, okay, so the, to going back to that, you and I – we all had talked about this earlier with the whole Justin Bieber shirt. Yeah. He has – so I read an article. I'm not sure if I'm correct on when it started, but he's been wearing that shirt since at least his junior year of high school. Okay, so he – all two years in high school, three years three years at A&M. Right. Wearing a Justin Bieber shirt. No, he's a junior. He had a red shirt there. Red yeah. shirt, so he's three. Oh. Yeah. So three years at A&M, and no – nothing mums the word. But he yeah. gets here, and the Arkansas fan base eats it up. And you have half the stand at San Jose State or at the San Jose State game wearing a Justin Bieber shirt. Yeah. So it kind of loses that effect. And yeah, he was like, "I'm done with the nonsense. I'm done with you know the crap. I'm I'm buckling down and doing what I need to do." <laughs> and it was like, and so he tweeted that, and everyone tweeted it at Justin Bieber, and his reply is, "I'm disappointed. Are you disappointed yeah. in the fact that we sucked?" Are you disappointed in the fact that he stripped up your jersey because now you're not having an Arkansas fan base behind you? Well, and who knows? Well, I should be on that one. Well, but, well, you know, Bieber never responded to any of the other stuff. Uh -uh. And now he responds to uh, Who cares? I yeah. mean, I think that's crazy. I just think it's ridiculous that, well, I'm, I'm taking over your rant a little bit. You're fine. But, You're I fine. mean, I, I, I do. Some of that stuff is just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. And, and But I'm glad because this team doesn't need distractions. This no. team can't afford distractions. No. This team cannot grow being mm -hmm. distracted they had enough distractions last year and the team gave up gave up mm -hmm. they don't need that this year no and i just and everyone wants to like immediately jump off of the you know the starkle sparkle 
And they're like, well, we need, you know, Hicks needs to come back. And, you know, we need to let KJ do this. And we need to do this. And it's like, he knows his mistake. What did I do? Oh, um, he knows where he faltered. He knows where his mistakes are. And he's willing to own up to them. Yeah. He's the only Razorback player I've seen go on social media and say, I messed up. You know, last week after um, Portland State, the last week. Colorado State. Colorado State, thank you. Um, he went on there and he was like, my mom's trying to hook me up with trying to set me up on a date. And I blatantly told her, and he put this on a tweet, I'm focusing on football. That's my girlfriend. Yeah. And then you have this week where he came back and he was like, I let all y'all down and I'm going to do what I need to do to reconcile it. Well, and that's what you want to see from a leader. I think I I retweeted that and that was, that's, that's a big part of it though. That's, Mm -hmm. that is where the support needs to be as much as, much as we may not like the coaches, we may not like, like what we see right now. I, I, at least it's, don't personally attack these guys on no. Twitter and, and, and support the guys that are, that are being leaders right mm-hmm. now, you know, because we haven't had a lot of those in a while. No, we haven't. So. Who's our captain this year? Well, they've got so – well, no. So, Scooter, um, Sosa, and somebody else on defense. They have three permanent defensive captains and okay. one rotating offensive captain. I think is how it works. Okay. So they've rotated a different guy each okay. each game for the offensive captains. Um, I think Starkle was last week, and I don't, I forget who was the offensive one this week. So. Okay. Well, I'm I'm being told to wrap it up. Wrap it. So up. that was that was my rant that we we if I mean if he was smart he'd go to all white yeah. for the A and M game. Well, if nothing else, you take you take away. I mean. My, you know, one of the things that I was curious about too is is he talked about the accountability piece, and he keeps saying he's holding people accountable. And then he was asked what he's. There was another clip in there that we're not going to be able to share, but one of the things he said in his press conference today was somebody asked him what accountability looks like, and he literally just sidestepped it for five minutes. Was like, well, you know, I mean, you know, the way we we it, he would not answer it. And 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 again, I don't expect him to throw coaches and players under the yeah. bus, but. I mean, let's be real. Well, I mean, we, he, we all saw it. Yeah, he he has a little accountability during the game because we've watched it. Where if you have a um, like a fumble, I guess, or if you do something wrong, you're pulled off the field for one play. Yeah, and, and they mean, should. What, but I want to know what the accountability looks like for losing to San Jose State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We will definitely find out on Saturday. Yeah, no, we'll see. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna give you your stuff back now. All right, Will. Let's let's let's. Um, Will's got, like, something typed out over here. This dude is prepared and ready. He's about to kill this. Well, so, I mean, I've been a Hog fan for years, and the last, what, eight years now, it seems like we've been just kicked in the gut over and over again. It just, it's coming <coughs> to the worst of the worst this week, losing to San Jose State. We were a 20, what, 20, 21, 21. favorite against this team from the Mountain West that won three games in two years. And our defense looked like crap. The first play of the game, a 50-55-yard bomb. Then just a couple plays later, two minutes, three minutes into the game, they score. Offense turns around, goes three and out, and guess what? The defense is right back on the field. This is, I mean, it's just ridiculous that our defense cannot seem to stop a Mountain West offense. I mean, so two straight games against the Mountain West, you've got Colorado State, who, I mean, what, 500 yards or 400 yards to them, and then 500 yards to San Jose State. So, I mean, 900 yards against the Mountain West. What's the SEC going to do to us? 
I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. So we may lose every game in the SEC by 20 points or more. So, but no, you just, you have to look at the statistics for San Jose State. I mean, their passing offense was not very good against, you know, the other two teams they played. You know, 200 and something per game. They come into an SEC West house. You know, Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, they passed for 402 yards. Um, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, and our defensive coordinator, John Tavis, you know, SEC coach for 20 years, 20-plus yep. years, um, and he can't figure out how to stop these short passes that they're doing. I mean, for goodness sake, our defensive backs were going, what, 10, 15-yard cushions mm-hmm. the whole game. There was no – yeah. There was no one and around. and That last play like, did it for me. It just irritates me because, come on. the I mean, against Ole Miss, we were playing press coverage. Were yeah. we not? Our defensive yeah. backs were up on the line of scrimmage, and we even pointed that out. We hadn't seen that in years. And <clears throat> so that just, oh, sorry about that. But, I mean, and then you look at the defensive line. How embarrassing was that? Five QB pressures the whole game. Five. And you have four-star defensive tackles on that line. Like, yes, I mean. Supposedly really good <laughs> defensive tackles on very that line. Good. So I just – and, and you mentioned earlier tonight that, you know, this is year two of the contract under Chavis, and this is, you know, he can sign a new contract and he's going to be, you know, paid $1.5 million and stuff. I just don't think that, you know, we don't have to fire him. We just don't renew his contract. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's not going to be any kind of, you know, assistant coach payout or buyout there. So, we just don't need to renew his coach. I mean, his contract. He's... Getting up there in age, I mean, it's the same same stuff that was happening to his defenses at A and M. You know the the infamous third and Chavis. You know it could be third and twenty, and they're going to convert, and it's ridiculous. But that's my rant on the defense. But I'm thinking twenty years in the SEC, and this is all that he can tell the media when he's asked. How he's going to fix it? The other team was better prepared. Uh, you know, we came out and and uh, and I know you're wondering how does it happen. I am too. You know, and, and we we give up a a big play to start the game. Uh, you know, we're going to find a way to get it fixed. You know, I I don't uh, I don't have the answer right now at this point, but it's coming and. Uh, you know, we've got to uh, we got to play uh, much better, uh, and we're capable of playing much better. But give give uh, San Jose State they, they they did what they needed to do. They were well prepared. With that, I'll start taking questions. So why weren't we well prepared against San Jose State? You know our players ranked you know at least three stars. I don't know that there was the quarterback for San Jose State was a walk on. Yeah, I mean now yeah. he's a, now he's a fifth year senior. But he, he was a walk-on. And so that's just so frustrating. Well, it's like I told Steve earlier in the show. Did you see the last play where they finally took the put the nail in the coffin? Yeah. 10, 15 yards, nobody was around him. He then, walked into the end zone. And then we go to this clip that we heard from Joe Craddock, which it has been played all over social media today, but and it's not it's not as bad if you listen to the whole press conference uh, as me and Steve were talking about earlier. But it's still, Craddock said, you know, that 
They didn't play so well the other night, and I don't know what it was. It's something you'll have to ask them. Just listen to the tone in his voice. He sounds defeated, but my thing is, is even as offensive coordinator, I mean, when you're putting a game plan together, you're with that offensive line coach. You know, you have certain protections and everything for the certain kinds of plays you're going to be running. So my thing is, is I guess it comes down to how many times they checked at the line of scrimmage to a different play, audibles and everything. But even then, it's just it's really crazy to think that your offensive coordinator is just like he's stumped. He's so out of his league. I mean, he needs to be gone. So, like, both coordinators need gone. Offensive line coach needs to be fired as well. No prior experience. I mean, you're coming to the SEC where we're making millions of dollars a year off of football. There's no experience on the offensive coordinator or your offensive line. Two of the biggest positions in the SEC that you have to have experience at. So, there's that. Again, I found this tweet from a former player, Bijan Jackson, he tweeted this this evening about 6.17 in response to that quote from Credit that uh, Kelly Stacy shared on Twitter. He said, I mean, I usually just keep my mouth shut, but this quote from a coach is just unacceptable. When you have former players on Twitter that are fed up with this, that's just been gone from the university for a couple of years, saying that kind of stuff, we know that this program is now in an all-time low. That is, you're right. I mean, he's, he's spot on. You're 100 percent right, and I mean, you know, it, it. The concerning part to me on that too <coughs> is when you think about not only did Craddock say it, but Chavis said it. Both of them said, it. "I don't know, I, I don't know." Well, all three of them. I mean, they they all. If you if you watch it, they all sidestep certain questions. Well, and some of the questions that Morris sidestepped is is, is semi understandable <coughs> to me because. Again, I know that they don't want to, and, and they don't want to, they don't want to throw these kids under the bus. And, and honestly, let's be real, this is a fragile team. So while while I promise you, from what I've heard, that Morris is not a nice guy on the practice field. Morris is not a nice guy in the meeting rooms. You know, a lot of people are like, we don't need the nice guy, coach. We need Petrino because he was a jerk. My understanding is Morris is quite a jerk when it's behind closed doors with these players. And, and, and but but at the same time, the worst thing they can do right now is jump out and, and throw kids under the bus. But the other worst thing that they can do right now is come out and say, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Ask them. No. It, now, I got the feel from that clip or from that from that part of the, the – that he meant more of, you know, I don't know what their mindset was. You're going to have to ask them. Kind of like, I don't know why they didn't go out there and do what they're supposed to do. In, in, in terms of from their mentality and – and what they, you know, the fact that they just got pushed around because at the end of the day, you get pushed around by San Jose State. That's a, it's a, that's a mental thing. That's not, yeah. it's not physical because you should out physical them all day long. You didn't show up ready to be physical, and they did. Period. Do we? Do you? Do you have that clip? It's a pretty long clip, unless you just play that one. <coughs> of it, so just that you just have that one clip of of Craddock answering that one question. Sarah offensive line had a real good game against Colorado State, and I don't know how they're. Defense compares to San Jose, but it seemed like the, you know the offensive line struggled the other night. What what was the difference in those two games from an offensive line standpoint? Yeah, I think that's something you know to ask them. I agree. I think they played pretty well against Colorado State and uh, not so well the other night. And um, you know I don't know what it was. Uh, I really don't. I think that's something you'll have to ask them. Um, but we felt like. Honestly, felt like Colorado State's D-line was better than San Jose's, and obviously we didn't go prove that in the game. 
that's concerning. Did you hear the? Did, but did you hear the tone in his voice? Oh yeah, there and, was no inflection. Yeah, well, and I don't know, but I think they're just beat down. And now let's remember something else. And again, I'm not trying to make excuses for this <coughs> stuff, but the question was also asked of of um, of Morris late at the, it's the end of his press conference. I think it was uh, Trey Biddy that asked him um, about Jevin Sneed. Now, I don't know what. The, so fill me in because I'm like I said, I I, I don't know. The connection yeah, between so Morris, him and Morris. Morris coached Snead in high school. Okay. He was his high school okay. coach, and they okay. were extremely close, extremely okay. close. Um, I mean, Morris nearly broke down in tears when he was asked about it at the press conference. Okay. So, and I don't know that that same connection exists as much with with Craddock and Ch- – and I don't think with Chavis at all, um, but with, with Craddock. And so – Part of me, these guys are beat down. I mean, this has been a rough four-week stretch. This is not the four-week stretch, I think, any – it's not the four-week stretch. We expect – Well, the next four-week stretch isn't going to be any prettier. But I think that's the point, and I think that's why you see some guys that are in – that have that mindset because this was your four-week stretch to really kind of kind of iron some kinks out, to, to prove some things, and to be 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh. that, that was the expectation. You're 2-2, two and two and you – and it's not like you lost to a – average Colorado State team in Ole Miss, you lost to an extremely bad San Jose State team and Ole Miss, who's also not very good. And so here we are sitting at two and two looking at this next stretch of games, and it's like, oh, hell, what's coming? You know, so I I don't like the body language. I don't like that, but I, in some ways I can understand it. So You ever seen the movie? You know, I'm not going to ask a dumb question there. You Remember the movie? Remember the Titans? Yeah. There's a quote in there. That is really sticking out this week. And they're at the little camp there towards the beginning of the movie. Right. And uh, Gary Bertier and I for- Julius, I yeah. forget his last name, but you, I mean, you know, yeah. you know, the, they're, go- they're drawing back and forth. Julius looks at, at Gary and says, attitude reflects leadership. Hmm. Tell me that that doesn't resonate. With body language, 90% of everything you say is through body language. I, um, is I, nonverbal. I, yes. So that brings me to my portion of this rant. Oh, crap. Um, I'm a dead man. No, no. No, no. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spare you on this one. Um, Thank you for that. <laughs> Just save it I, for next week. <laughs> honestly, I've struggled on where my rant was going to come from. I almost wasn't even going to do a rant because I feel like I've ranted for the last hour and a half. Um, but a thought came to mind and a video came to mind and I'd like Will to play this clip and then I have a feeling I know where you're going three minutes pissed off. So what happens when you believe I didn't see 173 points tonight. Two weeks ago, is that you chose to believe? Hell yeah! You chose to believe because it got scary in the end. Yes, and then we made the plays we needed to make the win. Clock drive to win it. Defense stops and shut it out. Let's go! I'm so proud of you guys. Euphoria!
So for anyone who hasn't watched or heard that, you can find it on my Twitter page. Um, that was San Jose State in our visitors' locker room inside of Razorback Stadium. Do you know what resonated to me the most out of all of that? Was when that coach said, I didn't see 173 points. Do you know where that came from? Sorry if I'm peeking the mic, but I'm about to get highly aggravated. That came from a bunch of kids on our football team talking shit. Now, please explain to me why anyone on our football team was talking anything after that. Sorry. Please explain to me why anyone on this football team was giving anybody any sort of bulletin board material. These guys came out last week and thought they just won the national title. I swear that's what they felt like. They came out and they, we're going to put 70, 78, 173 points on them. I want to do this. I want to throw for 400. I want to, we want to run for this. We want to shut them out. We want to, we want to shut out. Our defense is going to dominate them. They talked this big game for five days. They handed a team that's coming off a bye week with tons of bulletin board material. Then, not only did they talk all this crap, they then walk out onto the field for pregame warm-ups, and they're dancing, they're grabbing cameras, they're getting up in the, they're trying to make sure they're on the jump. They're literally acting like Zach was as a fan last week in the stands, trying everything he could to get on the jumbotron. That's what our players were doing on the field. It's, it's perfectly okay for Zach or myself or or anyone in this, in this room to be excited about being on a Jumbotron. Do you know the only time I want to see a Razorback player be excited on a Jumbotron is when they're looking up at it like C.J. O'Grady was and staring at the guy that's chasing them down from behind and you're making a move to get away from them. That's the only time it's, it is at all, it is at all, you should be allowed to look at that Jumbotron as a, as a player, period. Or if you screw up and you want to look at yourself screwing up on the Jumbotron, you're welcome to do that too. Otherwise, you have no reason to be in pregame warm-ups trying to get the attention of whoever the hell is in the stands that you want the attention of. Get your ass out there and get prepared and play the game. And then, I, this has bugged me forever. And I know it's, it's the culture that we're in. It's the, hey, look at me. I want to be viral. I want to be this. I want, I, want it, I want everybody to see me. If I see one more defensive back at the University of Arkansas or one more linebacker or more, one more running back or wide receiver, anybody, get up and dance like you just did something just because the ball bounced off the, of the receiver's helmet and flew into the stands and you weren't paying any attention. You just got lucky. If I see another one of our Razorback players jump up and down and dance over nothing, I'm going to lose my mind. That question was asked today in the press conference to Chad Morris. And I don't know that Chad Morris understood how the question was being asked. I think he was still stuck on the club dub thing and the, and the negativity from that. And let me just put this out there. I have no problem with the club dub. I think the club dub is a great idea if you can handle it. I think if you have a team that has the mental capacity to understand that, yes, we won, whether it was against Colorado State, Georgia, Texas, whoever the heck you want to say – be excited over a win because this program has not had a lot of wins over the last eight years. So I'm perfectly okay with you being excited over a win. But don't spend the next 10 hours inside of Club Dub and walk out to the stadium the next day looking like you just came off – you're the varsity blues of college football and you just spent the whole damn night at the titty bar. Like, because that's what this team looked like. And, and I'm just going to tell you, it sucked. And as a fan, it sucked. 
And as a fan sitting there watching these players dance like they were doing something down 24 to 7, it sucked. And as a Razorback fan going forward, I'm not a happy person. I don't know if that shows right now, but I'm sick of it. Eight years of this is too much. And if Chad Morris can't fix it after this year, I'm, 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 I hate to say it, but if this team wins three or four games, if somebody hadn't bought the firechadmorris.com website yet, we're about to do it because the man needs to go because I'm just done. There better be some significant changes as we move forward. That's all I got. <laughs> and Steve said he didn't have a rant. I found one. <laughs> yes, you did. I was trying to hold my laugh so long. <laughs> oh, my. How much of this are you editing it out of? Because <laughs> we're still recording. I don't even know at this point. Oh, it's going to be good. I say leave it in. Well, I'm talking about this part because we're still recording. <laughs> oh, well, well, I can't hear myself. No, all of that's staying. I'll be mad. Oh, that's true. Did I, I didn't peek the mic again, did I? Did I peek the mic? I felt like I should have several times there. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Oh, hey, hey, just, just, hey, we got I, a rant and then. I don't hear me anymore. I got you. You're there. Okay. All he's, right. He's playing with the buttons. Oh. Okay. All right. So now that I've um, peaked the mic and threw my fit and. Hey, Phil. I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I got a little bit out there. I don't know. We'll see how it's. <laughs> this is probably the quietest on on the podcast I've ever been. Yeah. I think you enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Look. Here, here, hashtag, here's the thing, okay? You don't come out to the press conference, Joe Craddock, with no answer. Now, I get it. Nick Starkle was the one on the field that threw those interceptions. I get that, okay? All right. But you don't come out and, go, and, and ask, be, have a question asked to you about why the offensive line played so poorly when they played a very good game the week before and go, Eh, I don't know. That's how it came across to me. Whether it was out of context or a mentality question, his demeanor through that whole that whole press conference was, eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. John Chavis, same thing. I don't have an answer, but it's coming. Are, and that's supposed to give me hope? As a Hog fan, that's supposed to give me hope? Well, and what's coming? Like, <laughs> your firing is what's coming. I mean, but really, what's coming? Like, if you look at the, the the roster and you look at all the injuries, what's coming? But but all three of the coaches, Chad Morris, uh, Joe Craddock, and John Chavis, they all sidestep questions, and you don't sidestep questions. We interviewed Coach Musselman a few months ago, and I asked him, I, asked him, I said, what do you think the identity of this team is? And he said, I don't know yet. Give me time. He never sidestepped one question I asked him, both on the interview and off air. He never side. But these coaches, what what's wrong with the Olin? I don't know. You have to ask them. You take that going back on what you said, Steve. It all comes down to accountability, and it's not there. It is not there. None of it. I don't care what Coach Morris says. There is no accountability on his team. None. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it leads me to my next part. And it's caveating off and off, caveating off of you. That's even a word. It is now. Until we start winning on a consistent basis, after every play, don't be dancing around. Get up and go back to the freaking huddle. Okay? You don't dance around. You don't come out with no shirt on. You're not in, don't interact with the crowd. Don't. Don't do any of that. 
okay? You want to wear the Razorback on the side of your helmet, on the front of your jersey, act like you want to freaking be there, okay? And I'm with you. I don't think these Razorback fans should even go into the stadium. It's not worth it. Stay at home, watch it for free on your couch, okay? Don't waste the $50, you know, $30, $40, $50 in gas getting up there. Don't waste the $60 per ticket. Don't waste, you know, the eight, nine, ten, fifteen bucks that you're gonna spend at the concession or the per concession trip. Yeah, per concession trip. <laughs> Don't waste your money in hog heaven. You know, you step this fan base, instead of being divided and tweeting at these players, which is a totally different rant for a totally different day. Take a stand and tell this coaching staff it is not acceptable which is Coach Morris's favorite word, unacceptable of what the product he's putting on. The, these kids during practice are hitting each other. They're not hitting somebody from Alabama, A&M, Auburn. They know what to expect from the person across from them. So, yeah, they may have proven, the, they may have responded in practice. We don't know that. As general fans, how much of the practice do we have to go nothing, on? Nothing. We've got 20 minutes from the media. Well, but that's Monday through Wednesday, too. We don't get anything Thursday and Friday. Okay. So we have no idea what's happened at the end. All of the day. we have to go on is the product they put on the field. And the product they put on the field on, on Saturday night, excuse me, Will, you might have to edit it out, was a shit show. It was. I was embarrassed the next day to walk around Branson with a Razorback shirt on. I was embarrassed. Just, I, I've, and, I've, and I've never, even through John L. Smith, even through last year, okay, even through the Brett Bielema years, was never this embarrassed to wear Razorback on, 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 on anywhere, my hat, shirt, anything. I don't know, man. After Auburn, I felt pretty bad. Uh, Auburn, Auburn was, <laughs> yeah. Texas, I felt pretty bad. Auburn, Auburn hurt. Auburn, yeah. Auburn hurt. <laughs> Texas was okay, but Auburn hurt. Uh, North Texas was not good. That, mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But but it, it 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 that that's my problem. Okay. You don't get up and dance and act and and showboat and 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 do none of this and nothing like. Don't do that. Now you can celebrate if you break up a pass. All right. Pump pump your fist. Do something. Okay. But you're not playing in a freaking Super Bowl. You can. Dance if you knock down a pass and you're up twenty four to seven. <laughs> that you can do now. That that completely different. If you're up and you knock down a pass, celebrate a little. Take a minute, not a literal sixty seconds, but yeah. On your way back to the huddle, celebrate a little bit. Well, all right, you get a pick six. Celebrate a little bit. I mean, there I understand, but again, how many times did we watch guys literally not make a play? Like the ball was thrown out of bounds. And somebody like Ladarius Bishop turns around and is like, oh, and is giving the the, no, the incomplete sign. And yeah, I saw his that. Fingers. Why? He's a freshman. If, I, if you want to use everybody else's excuse, he's a freshman. Cam Curl did it too. Like, he's not the only one. These guys in the second half, they're getting their brains beat in. They threw the, they, they, they let go of the rope. Yeah. And you could tell. The I, last play of the game. And, and I saw something on Twitter today, that or on Facebook, that said, the one positive note is they never quit. 
I'm sorry. Did they ever begin? You can't quit what you don't start. Right. Okay? You can't quit what you don't start, and they never got started. They never got started. That's true. Okay? Chad Morse is all about response. As a hog fan, as a diehard hog fan, show me a response against A&M. Because if yeah. you don't, I'm, 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 I'm going to lose faith. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm, you feel better? That was fun. We need to do better. that every week. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, though. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, made, I made my point. I don't, I didn't like the, I didn't like the body language to start. I didn't like the body language when they were making plays. Well, and it's, it's one of those things that you, you don't make, and I'm not saying you have to be stern and, 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 and military and, and no smiles, no nothing. Focus. Yeah, and, that's and that's all. That's all I'm asking. If you go out next week and you knock down a pass against an A and M receiver in a close game, and it's a big play, great, celebrate it. You can celebrate it as you're running off the field and and have fun with it. But again, dude, you can't talk crap all week and step on the field and get knocked around like you did, and still celebrate on the field. Like you just you don't you can't do that. The other, and this is a, a mini rant. The other thing I have a problem with is you remember last year how much we booed. Yeah. During the games. And how everybody flipped out about it. Yeah. And everybody made a big stink about it. Hunter Gerichek comes out today um, on his interview on 103.7 The Buzz and says, if you want to boo, boo. Doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it, but that's your right as a fan. Isn't that counteracting the whole purpose of standing behind this team? How many times no. during the Colorado State game, because we were there, how many times did Nick Starkle look up at the stands and do the quiet down motion? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with fans booing. I don't have a, I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, as much as Starkle can, you know, as much as Starkle was trying to get the, the fans not to, I mean, in that situation, you were booing the coaches. Um, and, and at the end of the day, maybe it forced them to make the two four-down decisions they made against, against uh, San Jose State and go for it because in the back of his mind, he's like, well, I don't want our home crowd booing us again, especially as bad as we look already. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he went for it and we failed because we weren't physical enough against the San Jose States of the world to yeah. get a yard. So, I mean, but at the, and, and so as fans, if I – here's the deal. If I, if I pay that money to sit in that seat, I'm going to do what I want as long as it's not negatively affecting. So, as long as I'm not pouring drinks on people and belligerent and an idiot, if I want to stand up, I'm going to stand up. If I want to sit down, I'm going to sit down. If I want to boo, I'm going to boo. If I want to cheer, I'm going to cheer. Period. End of story. And if you're going to put a crappy product on the field, then I'm going to boo your crappy product. Just yeah. like, I mean, if, if anywhere. I mean, if I go to a concert and it sucks, I'm going to boo you. Like You talk about spilling drinks around at Colorado State game. We got rowdy to the point we actually kicked over a beer in it. Well, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, so, I didn't either. So but, as, uh, we, as, as we start to wrap this thing up, we're, we're, getting the, we're getting the wrap up signs from Will over here. Do we have a chance? And Will, you can join back into the conversation. <laughs> Thank well, you, Master. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. For the record, guys, this was Will's first, uh, first night joining the podcast. And I think he, he did pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Oh, yeah. You do. Oh, yeah, you do. You think it's a lot of fun, isn't it? So, so as we look forward... Um, I don't, I don't want to look forward. Well, let's do it. So, our first 11 o'clock kickoff of the year. So yes. Hey, get this. Whoa, get it whoa. over. Look, get it over get with. Get our ass kicked and then, and then watch the good football the, the rest of the day. So, um, 
I mean, could you imagine if that game last week would have been at 11 a.m. and we lost and then had to deal with the entire day of ESPN oh. running highlight oh, after no. highlight I, after I was highlight. in, I, like, like, like I said earlier in the show, I was in Branson. So if that game was at 11 o'clock, I'd have gone and rolled roller coasters all day and yeah. made myself happy. Well, so so as, as we look at A&M, wouldn't it be the Arkansas thing to do for them to just come, to come out, out and win? beat a and <laughs> I mean, it'd be a first. Uh, it's not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, it, but and I have no reason to believe it would. But so here's what I'm. You know, the first three games we've given our opinions and felt pretty good about all three games. You know, going into them, we thought, okay, we got a good chance. Obviously, I don't feel like we have a chance in hell to win this game. This has been a game I thought we'd lose. I've not felt good about this game. I've always had it as a loss too. Um, so I mean, but I'm right there with you. Here, here's the thing. As we as we look forward and we start thinking about what this team's going to do, this is this is an important week for for two two things. Number one, mentality. Again, this is a fragile fragile ball club. Um, they've got a lot of work to do, and if they go out there and they get beat by thirty or forty points, this season might be over. I, I don't know if I don't know that Morris. No, because you're still looming over. You're still looking at a, at uh, uh, Auburn, LSU, and Alabama. Yeah. I, 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 look, if we don't improve, by the time we get to the Battle of the Boot in LSU, they're going to lay 70 on us and about 900 yards. Yeah. No, I, and, and they may regardless. But so my, my so as I as I think about you know what you know what to expect for Saturday, I, my expectations for this season weren't high. Five, six wins. That, that, that's where I was. I think I ended up predicting seven, but overall five or six wins was acceptable for me. Yeah, five or six wins is still acceptable for me. But but as we as we move forward, we have to kind of reset a little bit. And 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 the the, the way the program is being built right now is in baby steps. You're not gonna you're not gonna build this program in a season, and and really you're not gonna build it in two seasons. The building blocks are being laid right now. The problem is, is my two year old just walked in and kicked all the blocks over and started us over. Because <laughs> that's where we are right now. And so, as we go that forward, that is awesome. Can can we now build those blocks back up? Because as we look at this week, we ha- we do have a golden opportunity. Because you can build right now. You can you can build some things in this game. You can give a little bit of hope back to this program, and then you get a bye week, and you get to go and you get to hone your craft for two weeks before you go on the road to Kentucky. So. What I'm looking for as we go into this game, and I'll give my prediction as well, what I'm looking for as we go into this game is I want to see this team respond. I want to see this team – I want to see the offense move the ball. I don't have a lot of expectations. I don't – A&M's played fairly well in defense. They've played two very stout teams. Um, Does this year go to overtime? No, I don't think so. Um, Auburn – I mean, a and has had two really tough opponents. The one question you have to have is where is their mentality? Where are they mentally right now? Because yeah, because they're also 2-2, two and two, aren't they? They're 2-2, two and two and they've lost. To, to basically, they're, anything that they wanted to play for big is gone because they've, they've lost to Clemson. They've lost to Auburn. Those were two major opportunities to climb way up in the polls. Now, sure, they may play for a, for a, for a, a decently average bowl game, but at the end of the day, at 2-2 two and two right now, this is a team that's probably playing for an 8- or 9-win season. So what's their mentality going to be like coming into this game? Do they do they really want to win this game? Or they just watched us get basically manhandled by San Jose State. Do they come out flat a little bit after losing the two games they've lost? So I think there's some hope here for this game not to get ugly. Um, but we have to show up and respond. Um, I want to see four quarters of football. Now I doubt you're going to see that. Well, 
uh, we, can, we can hope. And here's the thing. We may see four quarters of football in this game, and it may not look great because of who we're playing. But I want to see effort for four quarters. I don't want to see these lulls of we don't know what to call. We're letting Starkle call whatever he wants at the line. We're giving him the freedom. No. Look to the sidelines. Let's let's set the plays. Chavis is supposedly going back to the box. So my hope is that we see this team respond in a way that at least gives us a little hope and goes, okay, there, there's something here we can still build on, and the blocks aren't just laying all over the living room floor right now. Yeah, so, but how many times is this two-year-old going to kick these blocks over before you decide, you know? But, that, that, but that's my point. That's where I'm at at this point because that's why I say that if this keeps happening, Morris doesn't survive this season. I, I know that some people think that's a long shot, but again – if this team doesn't show improvement from right now forward, then Morris has to go because if he can't show any progress with what he has on campus right now, then he won't, I don't believe. So I think you have to just call it what it is, and it was a swing and a miss. We've struck out. It's time to start over and find something new. So with that, my um, my prediction, I think A&M is about an 18-point favorite in this game. 21. Um, I like A&M – 38 to 13. Kind of about where mine is. You know, I would, I would, I would agree with you. But the main thing I want to see is heart. Grit. Act like you want to be a Razorback. Act like you want to be on this team. Quit all the damn showboating. Quit all the damn showing off. You go in, you take care of business, and then you celebrate. Do I think we're going to win? Not a chance. Not a chance. Especially after what I saw last week. Yeah. Okay. I got to see some common sense stuff from the defense. Stick your man. Play. play I mean, just just <coughs> contain. Yeah. That and we don't have any outside containment at all. Yeah. At all. The key to beating AM, you get to Kellen Mond. You get to Kellen Mond, you knock him off his, his balance. Okay? You ain't got to always sack him, but as long as you get at him and he sees that, he'll make bad throws. He'll make errant throws. They don't have a running game because they're, they're starting running backs out. But, like I said, only thing I want to see is heart. Yeah, I'm with you. Determination, heart. Yeah. I, I, like I said, you, you just want to see this team show up and. And, and and show at least a little bit of something. Hey, this defense needs to take some chances. And I would like to say one thing about your rant before I give my prediction. No. I was not trying to be on the Jumbotron. It just kind of happened that way. <laughs> you were trying. We talked about it all the way in the stadium. We talked about how my six-year-old always winds up on Jumbotrons. Okay, so maybe towards the start I was trying a little uh-huh, bit. You were. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go one touchdown more and go 42-7. Boy, I mean – I, I I haven't seen anything out of the defense that tells me otherwise. Yeah, either either score, mine or yours, I think is a concerning <coughs> number. I mean, that, it's, it, that's a big I, number. And it, it, I, I cringed when I said it, and it hurt. The, the, more, the more discouraging part of that is the seven. The 42, I think, is happening. Or, or in that neighborhood, the seven is what's is what's concerning to me. Give me, like, give me something to go on. No, I don't. And, I mean, I got and, thirteen. I yeah. Mean, so basically, I got a touchdown, two field goals. So, and I feel more confident that our kicker is going to get us points than our than our offense. We so, got a damn kicker, don't we? I mean, it sure seems so right now. So, I mean, I'm 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 in I'm I'm of the opinion. I'm not I'm not far off from you. So, all right, Will, let me have it. 
Okay, so uh. this defense, <laughs> John Chavis, is the most overrated defensive coordinator in not only the SEC but the country. Hey, Steve, I feel another rant coming on. No, it sure seems he, that way. <laughs> he could he could have been a really good defensive coordinator eight years ago, and he was at LSU. Um, but the defense he is currently coaching or <laughs> coaching is a loosely used word there because I Baby don't know sitting. that he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, maybe him going up in the booth is going to help. Maybe maybe he can see the whole field better. You know, he is getting old, so he can use binoculars up there. So he could probably do that better up there for him. Uh, you know, he can have his drinks right there by him and stuff. I don't know. But I'm just saying, yeah, we're going to get blown out. <laughs> I mean, well, Nick I mean, Starkle, you, you've got you a think, point. You, you think Nick Starkle's going to go in there? You ready, ready to am, ready and amped up? You know what happens when Nick Starkle's amped up? Quarterbacks are amped up. They start throwing off their back feet and they start throwing interceptions. They start overthrowing the receivers. They start throwing interceptions. So, I'm going A and M. Forty-two, Arkansas three. Oh, oh man. Oh, uh, I hope we're their all way wrong. Been good. I hope, dude, you I can, hope I, we are wrong. But you know what? John Chavis ain't done crap this year to show us, give us confidence in defense. Joe Craddock hasn't done anything this year. You know, the, the little bit of offense we think we've had, we think that Morris is probably calling those plays because that's the only time in the season he's had the offensive play card. So you think, okay, now he's calling plays. Well, then you got last game, the offense looked like crap too. With, you know, five interceptions and probably three more that were dropped by the defenders. So, what have they done to give us confidence? Yeah, right. Right. you've got a you've got so a very legit point. If, we, lo- if right. we lose this game by that, it's a bye week. Fire them all. Yep. Woo! I, I don't disagree That's my with take. you. <laughs> don't Damn. disagree with Will at all. Yeah. I don't either. Well, guys, it's been fun. It's been long. I kind of like it having all four long. of us on, getting these rants and everything. Yeah, it it has been a long podcast. So, to those of you who stuck with us through the whole thing, thank you. Um. Jump on with us again next week. Follow the live shows. The live show has is moving to a uh, a new time and a new day. Sundays at three. Okay. Um, fan reaction. Yeah, it's this blowout live fan reaction. <laughs> fan reaction. Steve, are you coming? You gonna mm. be on? We should just do fan reaction at my house right after the game. Hey, we can. <laughs> That's a long drive for Will. Long, long, Hot long drive. To, yeah. You know, yeah. way on the other side of Little Rock. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, you may, let me, let me see how depressed I am on Sunday afternoon. Nothing says he can't call in. <laughs> no, we want him in person. Yeah, yeah. I'll be here. <laughs> I need, I, I need him, you know, tranquilize or something. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm bringing the beer. <laughs> uh, but uh, live show, uh, no longer Fridays at 7, it is now Sundays at 3. And uh, 501-888-9496 will get you on the show. You can reach us. All right, dudes, we are out. We'll see you guys next week. Woo pig. Woo pig. Woo pig. Remember to join us every week as Zach and Steve bring the best in fan reaction to Arkansas sports. Follow us on social media for the best of fan-driven, unfiltered content.